Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Mental Sweet Spot Podcast. If you're new to this podcast, welcome. If you're a podcast returner, thank you so much for joining us again. I'm Melanie Rushing, and I'll be joined shortly by Alicia Smith for the fourth installment of our series discussing the traits of the best teams and players, the seven C's. Today, we talk about being composed. Composure is about managing your emotions and energy. It's not about pushing your feelings aside or trying to pretend you're not nervous. It's about recognizing what your body is trying to tell you and deciding what to do with it. We discuss what it looks like when players and teams are composed, what it looks like when they aren't composed, ways we as coaches might hurt their composure, and then other ways we can help give them more composure, and what worked best with Alicia's team last season and her top tips for coaches moving forward. Today's freebie is an infographic, how to breathe the right way so you can relax. These tips will teach your players and yourself how to breathe more efficiently using your diaphragm or your belly so you can get the oxygen to your muscles and brain more quickly and instantly gain clarity and calmness. This episode is brought to you by our free workbook, The Softball Coach's Guide to Crafting Your Dream Season. We say that softball is 90% mental, but it's not that easy to implement the mental game 90% of the time. Or can it be? Let us guide you through crafting your dream season by showing you how to implement the mental game every day without it feeling like one more thing you have to do. To get your copy of the workbook, simply head to mentalsweetspot.com and click Yes, I Am. Now let's get to the show. Today we are talking about composure, and I want to start with the good stuff. So what it looks like when your girls are composed, they're in that perfect energy zone, and you know they're feeling it, and they're just performing their best. So Alicia, can you give us an example of what it looks like on the field when your girls are totally composed? For me, it's when my team is really, really excited in the dugout. They're cheering they're talking on the field and they're communicating on the field uh, every pitch they're bouncing around they're having fun but yet they're still really focused and i think that's often a fine balance but when it's there you can tell they're really at their peak level absolutely and i have had <laughs> almost like a personal mental block about the cheering piece because i was never like good at cheering all the time like it drained me and i realized like that energy isn't just from a bunch of cheers. It's from the people who like cheering doing that. And then the people who like get drained from it still just being engaged. So I don't want anybody to think like, okay, well now I'm going to make my team cheer every single pitch. <laughs> exactly. And I know my kids, you know, they often come up with these, these sayings and crazy things. And it's not this, it's not this continuous screaming and yelling, you know, that it's, it's with purpose. It's because there's a, an exciting play that happened. They're really excited. Um, and I think that's just, it's fun. You know what I mean? And it's, it's not these, sometimes it is a goofy cheers, you know, that you hear the, the 10 year olds do, which is really cute, but it gets me fired up. Like when I'm standing next to the dugout and they're banging on the, the chain link fence and they're in sync and they're pounding on the drums and doing all this stuff, it gets me really excited. It gets my heart pumping. So I know that they're just really having fun, but I know that takes a lot of emotional energy. So I think, I know we'll talk about this, but I think the key is, is maintaining that for an entire game or a doubleheader or a playoff or whatever it is. Absolutely. Yeah. That was my main issue. Like I would come out hard and be like, I'm dead. I'm dead. It's uh -huh. hitting three. Oh no. Yep. <laughs> and I think that that's part of, you know, any team that, that, you know, when you know your role and you have certain role players, um, that is definitely something they can provide if they are on the field at that time. 
um, or on the field often, that is definitely a role that they can fulfill that is just so important to the overall team dynamic. Absolutely. I think every team I've been on our coach, those girls who aren't starting, oh my gosh, when they own that, they have lifted up everyone on the field and it's huge. It, it really is, you know, and I've seen some, um, maybe even a little bit of intimidation too on the other side or a little bit of, it takes you back a little bit. And my kids notice when, when the other team is quiet, they'll make a comment about it. And I said, well, it, you guys are focusing on you, you know, on the right things that you need to do, not with, not what they're doing. Um, but if they're focusing and the other team is focusing on what you're doing, then they're not focusing on the right things. So I think that just helps overall the whole game. Absolutely. That, that feel, we talk about momentum a lot and momentum is it's in our heads, right? <laughs> like right. there's not a, a bar measuring momentum, um, but it's real. And so I think part of that is knowing what's fun for you. What makes the game seem easy, but energized at the same time. Absolutely. And I think that every team has our, has a different you know, perspective on what that looks like. And that's okay. You know, there's every team going to have a little bit different energy level. Um, every team is going to have this, you know, more, more or less kids in the dugout um, with different cheers, when they cheer, how often they cheer. Um, that is all kind of the identity of the team. And I think that's, what's pretty cool because it's, you know, you can't copy paste from mm -hmm. one team to the next. But I think if you start to form your own identity and you have these specific things that you do, um, you know, my kids, for whatever reason, whenever anyone gets a double, they the kid will get into second base and they look at the dugout and the whole dugout yells cheddar right back at her. <laughs> and she does this little like free throw motion with her hand. And I have no idea where it came from. I don't even know what it means. But I think it's really funny because they have this tradition that they've been doing for a long time. And I, I can I, I'll ask him. I need to ask him what it means. Maybe it doesn't mean anything. Maybe it's just something that they say. So but it's just kind of like a tradition that they do. So it's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I have no clue either. I can't help you. Yeah, yeah I don't Cheddar, know. free throw, maybe I'm yeah, just out of it. Makes no sense. Yeah, but it's fun. <laughs> they love it and they all do it. Exactly. Like I would always tell my recruits, like recruits coming on campus, like every team is their own version of weird. So you have to find yours. <laughs> I think that's it's a true. big part of it. <laughs> it's very true. But you know, they, they absolutely love it. You know, one year we had somebody banging on the, there's really good um, at banging on the drums with a rhythm on the um, bottom of an empty bucket. You know, and the kids just got into it and it was like, it just pumps you up. It's really cool. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love that. Well, you talked a little bit about it and now I want to shift into like what it doesn't look like. So on those times where you just feel that it's off, maybe mm -hmm. it just feels a little bit off at first and then it quickly turns into, oh God, like, I don't know if we can turn this around this game. Mm -hmm. <laughs> what is that? start to feel like in the beginning and then eventually become? Well, I think in the beginning, it's it's quieter than normal. The coaches have to remind the kids to, you know, no stand, no sitting in the dugout, you know, stand up, cheer for your teammates. Um, it feels forced and it just feels disconnected. And and I, I think those are the only words I can really kind of think mm -hmm. of to describe it, but it's just a feeling as a coach that they're not in the right space that they need to be. And I think they know it too. And I think sometimes when you start that way, it's most likely because you didn't prepare to get there in the first place. Mm -hmm. And when you're not there in the first place, it's really hard to get there during, you know, in the, in the moment and in a game, unless something, sometimes what will trigger it is a big play. 
Mm -hmm. and they're fine. But sometimes we don't have that big play, right? So sometimes it's just the whole game goes and they're just not in that right place. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's the worst. (laughs) It is the worst. Trying to hope for some big play, for someone to, God, like, be bigger than this crappy feeling everyone's feeling. (laughs) Like, someone, please. It just doesn't work. Yeah, and you hear you hear it a lot. It's like a catchphrase where somebody needs to step up, mm. right? You hear that all the time, and and sometimes I think that's the coach, at, at least for me personally, that's me mm. grasping for straws for someone to do something, so we can get to the emotional energy that I know the team has been before, can be, and should be. Yeah, you saying that just had, had an aha moment. Why I hate that phrase, mm-hmm. like someone needs to step up. What do you think we've been trying to do? Right. Like, right. I'm like, nah, I'll let someone else step up. I'll just I'll let someone else step up. But that adds pressure, right? And yeah. it all comes down to how do you start preparing for the game before the game starts, you know? And I'm big on that. You know, the kids are very big on their routines and their music and, and whatever. And I'm always okay with that as long as there's it's purposeful. Mm-hmm. You know, as long as they are purposefully getting prepared mentally, emotionally, um, physically at the same time. So when they do start the game, they're at their at their energy level they need to be. Mm-hmm. So what are some of the things that you've noticed have thrown off that routine? Um, <laughs> weather change, you know, weather delays. Um, mm-hmm. late. Um, you can't always, you know, the transportation or traffic or something might, might get you late. So you're rushed through, through that, um, having to sit out and in the dugout for a rain delay, um, or, you know, the other team might be late, you know, so you're ready to go, but they're late. So you have to give them the ample opportunity to warm up. So those are some examples of some things I've seen also, um, playing in, in a big game, if, if we haven't prepared all season, you know, earlier in my career, I definitely saw this where it's a big game and it's treated differently. Um, they're not really mentally prepared for that big moment. And then that can also throw them off. Or I'd say opposite too, where it yeah. does, feels like a meh game. Oh, absolutely. You know, that happens sometimes too, by the nature of your schedule. And it's very hard to get into that zone. And some, and that's sometimes that's even worse because you know, they're so much better than what they're, what they're showing out on the field. And that is definitely a frustrating feeling for a coach. And they know it too. They do see it on our faces and they know it themselves. And so now it's like the compound effect. Now it really starts snowballing. Yeah. And it's really hard to get up for a game that uh, just, you know, from the start, isn't going to be challenging regardless of how that's communicated to the team or the, regardless of how the coach thinks about it or talks about it, the team knows. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's really hard to get up for those games. So on this, you know, emotional curve where your your emotional energy should be ideal, you're way low. Mm-hmm. You know, you could be way low and you could be way high, and both are are just as bad. Mm-hmm. Totally agree. So, what are some of the ways that you think like you could have done better in preparing them uh, for either the big game or the quote unquote, easy win, um, which always seems to make it more hard. Um, what are some of the ways that you've actually accidentally messed up their energy level? Um, I can specifically remember an example in 2011, we were playing um, the greater Kalamazoo finals, which is played on Western Michigan University's field um, against a crosstown rival. So it's a big game. It's the finals. It's the, 
you know, you're on Western's field and we were so pumped up. I was pumped up. I was a little nervous too, actually a lot nervous. And um, I wear my emotions on my sleeve and I'm very transparent what I'm thinking, feeling. Um, that's just who I am. So the kids definitely could tell that I was nervous, but I was pumped up but nervous. So I was probably pacing more than normal, talking more than normal, just outside of my normalcy. And they could definitely see that. So they were too tight. They were pumped up, but they were also that, that caused them to be just a little too tight. So we use that analogy of, of air in a tire. That was our kind of thing that year. And you can either have too much air in your tire or balloon, whichever way you want to look at it. And uh, what happens, you know, if there's too much air, you know, the tire pops. If there's not enough air in the tire and you're not emotionally, your emotional energy is not where it needs to be. It's too flat and you can't drive the car. So um, one of my assistant coaches um, told me it was one of the best pieces of advice that, you know, I got that year or actually in my career. She says, Alicia, when you're nervous, they're nervous and, and they can tell. And that was, I never, I never realized that. Mm -hmm. And that was all it took for her to say that for me to understand from that moment on, if I was nervous, I couldn't show it. If I was too high, I couldn't show it. If I was too low, I couldn't show it. I needed to control that just as much as they did. Mm -hmm. So we took a deep breath in, in a huddle together, told them just to let the air out of the tire a little bit, you know, using mm -hmm. that analogy. And thankfully it was, it, it worked and, and we ended up winning the game. But I think from a long-term learning perspective for me, you know, I've coached in a lot of big games and boy, am I nervous, but they don't know it. And that was because that assistant coach told me that and gave me that piece of advice. So um, that from that standpoint, awesome lesson learned for me. Um, and then on the other side of it, um, it's very difficult when you know that the only thing you need to do is go get your 15 runs and come back. Like it's just the nature of some of the games that we, we play. And I think everyone is in that same boat. So um, when they're too low, it's lackadaisical. It's going through the motions. So I always give them a challenge. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, we've talked about this before, but maybe, you know, just focus on your line drives for every, you know, mm -hmm. pop up we have, we have a sprint or making sure that they're just focusing on something that they have a challenge for the game so they can focus on that to help bring their energy level up and kind of support each other through, you know, those really slow, the slow pitching or whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You can always bring it back to something competitive. That's more fun and more energizing. <laughs> Absolutely. Because you're going to have those games and you have to get through them. But my, my point to them is always, we've got to learn something from this game. Number one. And number two, I want you to work on, you know, base running. You can still work on base running in a game like that, just because, you know, the, the throws may not be that great coming from the outfield, for example. Um, and you know that you could probably get an infield or in, inside the park home run every single time you put the bat on the ball. That's not the point, right? The point is that you work on tagging when it's behind you. You work on sliding to the outside of home plate, whatever it may be. There's something you can still work on and get better at during those games. Mm-hmm. I like that. And I think to go back to the um, the too high of energy, the big games, I think, A, like what you said, realizing the effects of our energy levels on the team is huge because we really do have a big influence on how they feel. Like they read our energy, they reflect it almost, but mm -hmm. we need to still manage that, but in an honest way. Like 
like you said, you wear your emotions on your sleeve. It's the way you are. That's not going to change. So if you just stay with your girls like, wow, like I'm an emotional person. You're going to see this from me, but I will always take a step back and breathe and be right back and good for you. Once they see that, they're not worried if <laughs> you start pacing or <laughs> you get that look on your face. They're like, ooh, give her a second and then she can bounce back and it doesn't affect them that way. And don't get me wrong, I still pace. I still, you know, get on them, but they know, for example, if they miss a sign, they know. <laughs> they, they know. They, my kids will, every one of the, every one of kids I've ever coached always has at least one story. Uh, by the time they graduate, do you remember that one time when I missed a sign? And the only thing you did was tip your glasses, sunglasses down to stare at me and put them back up. And I was so scared. <laughs> but, you know, after the play's over or whatever, I just walk up to them, I give them some feedback and it's over. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So they know. But yeah, absolutely. I, it, it's kind of, I can't, I'm not trying to say that I don't get nervous or mm -hmm. that you're right. You're exactly right. So it's that moment where I started breathing with my kids, right? So when they're up to bat and they're nervous, they'll look at me and I'll breathe with them. So it's just that acknowledgement of, you know, they're nervous and that's okay. I always tell them it's okay that you're nervous. It means that you care. It's mm -hmm. how do we manage those emotions and thoughts and feelings through the pressure or through the big game or through the nervousness. And that's really what I try to help them with, right? It's okay. It's great that you feel nervous. Just take that moment to step out, take that deep breath with me when you're up to bat, step back in and you're good to go. Mm-hmm. And that's a lot of what we talked about in this course was managing that energy uh, when preparing before the game. So you get there, um, managing it in the game, calming yourself down with a deep breath or energizing yourself with music or funny cheers. Mm -hmm. So what were some things after you went through the course with the girls and you went over these things that seemed to help the most really narrow in what energy level each player needs to be? Well, we did the the energy level graph, and I've done that for years, um, like a like a bell curve type thing on a scale of one to ten, right? Where where do you feel like you need to be to perform at your best? Um, both on and we've actually taken a step further this past year and did both offense and defense. Like mm -hmm. when you're on offense, where do you need to be? And on defense, where do you need to be? And they all vary. Um, most of almost all of them do have a different energy level on defense than offense but not always. And there's also variation with, I need to be higher on offense or higher on defense. Mm -hmm. um, but just that first, that recognition of where do you need to be and why it's important and, and what is, and write it down, right? It's always really important mm -hmm. to kind of document and talk through this stuff. So we say, okay, if 10 is, you know, your tire is completely full just to the right amount and one is it's completely flat, you know, where do you think you need to be emotionally with your energy level during, before a game starts, right? Mm -hmm. So then we say, okay, a lot of them are, I'd say between six and eight. And then you'll have a lot of them, or a few of them, excuse me, that are you know, lower and one or two that are higher, but usually it's right in that zone. So then we kind of talk, okay, so if you know you need to be a little more hyped up on defense, you know, what can you do when you run out of the dugout in between innings and talk to your teammates and jump around? Or if you need to be a little bit you know, lower on deep or excuse me, on offense, then what do you do before you go up to bat? We work through a routine, for example, breathing, whatever it may be to get you to the right zone. But then finally, it's the acknowledgement of everyone throughout the team of where everyone needs to be individually. 
So they know, if, say for a short stop in second phase, you know, during during the game, you're a lot of communication, you're, you're working together a lot. And if they need to be on the same energy level and they know that ahead of time and one isn't, the other one can help get that other one there quickly. Mm-hmm. Or if they're opposite, know that, hey, yeah. maybe shortstop at high energy, <laughs> don't keep tripping at your second baseman. She needs to chill. Why don't you turn to your center fielder? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Love that. I actually was opposite. I wanted to be high energy on offense, low on defense. <laughs> and so mm-hmm. on offense, I always needed to be pulled down a little bit. <laughs> so I don't want to be high energy, but I need to be pulled down. So it was cool knowing which of my teammates I could turn to. So I'd come back super angry from striking out or something, maybe even something as little as grounding out. Mm-hmm. But like, come on, I was a slapper. You shouldn't ground out. Anyway, um, <laughs> I would go to this one teammate who was uber chill. Like her number was a 1.5. <laughs> That's <laughs> rare. That's rare. Right? But she performed so well there. So I just go up to her like, Kayla, help me. And she'd be like, breathe. You're fine. It's all good. And it didn't matter what she said. It was just like the emotional energy she had. I was like, ah, okay, thank you. I'm good. <laughs> Sometimes that's all it takes, right? It's just a quick reminder, a conversation with somebody to help you get to that spot. Mm-hmm. Or the kick in the butt for someone sometimes. Right. Let's go. Right. Oh, like, ooh, sorry, you're right. Here I go. <laughs> and your teammates, when you when you have these conversations with each other, your teammates are such a good resource, right, for all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. And when the teammates can pick each other up more quickly in the moment it helps prevent that slide into the lack of energy. Absolutely. I love all of this. And now I want to play again. Um, So out of all these things we just talked about, what would your top one to three tips be for coaches to help identify and then maintain the team's ideal energy level? Definitely go through the exercise of determining each individual's energy level on the curve. Mm-hmm. Talk about why it's important to be at the right emotional energy level. Mm-hmm. Talk about the things that are like detrimental, like you can be too high and why, why it's bad. Right. So you can be too high because one, for example, if the team is on a, off the charts, 13, 14, and they are just nuts. That's not sustainable because it expends too much emotional energy. Um, and also can give other, you know, people on the team, they're, they're just playing too tight, mm-hmm. you know, and they're, and they're feeling the extra pressure. So um, talk about why it's important to be in, the, in their zone, because that helps you, you know, be in the right place mentally, perform under pressure, Mm-hmm. Um, and, and having to avoid those phrases, like somebody needs to step up. I mean, I've caught myself saying it, we're obviously not perfect, but avoid things like that because they're trying to, and it's not, it's, it may just because they're not in the right emotional, uh, energy level in the first place. Mm-hmm. Totally agree with that. And I love those tips because we can start doing them today. But I also think finally, I think there's one more, I think just to, to help them through, adjusting that energy level, right? There are steps that you can do. Um, and it almost always follows, um, you know, maybe a mistake. 
you know, so if you make a mistake and your emotional energy level goes from a seven down to a two, and you know that that player needs to be back into a seven, right? Give them, give them the tools to be able to really work through that, acknowledge it and get back to where they need to be. Absolutely. And that's a wrap on today's episode. Be sure to grab your free infographic at mentalsweetspot.com forward slash episode 26 so you can learn how to breathe properly and get calm very fast. Thank you so much for spending your precious time with us. We hope you're enjoying the show. If so, we'd truly appreciate a five-star rating on iTunes or on our site at mentalsweetspot.com forward slash reviews. And give us a shout out on social media and let us know what you've learned and how you've implemented these tactics with your teams. See you next week for another episode, this time on how to be in control of your focus. Talk to you soon. Have a good one.